hold one up to like this thing on a on a video game controller, right? The D-pad. <laughs> um, is that in is that in frame, right? Yeah, it's in but, frame. But like you're trying to push, you're trying to go this way, and then it you just flip it. That's beside the point, I guess. <laughs> Some of our listeners love that. <laughs> I love how podcasting is a visual medium. <laughs> Hi, I'm Paul. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Abby, and welcome to Three to Beam Up. Today we're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 18, The Immunity Syndrome. Bones has a really shiny shirt this time, huh? <laughs> That's actually, this is the, it's said on Memory Alpha, this is the only time where he wears his, like, surgery tunic his, the whole episode instead of changing his, into his uniform tunic, so that was a thing. silk pajama top. Well, yeah. and I'm not even totally sure that makes sense, because he's not even in medbay most of the time, first no, of no, all. No, 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 no. <laughs> Although he, he is there a lot, because the crew is sick a lot. That's true, um, but no. they're also like not getting surgery. Like they come in and they sit on the bed, and then he's like, "You need steroids," and then they leave. I mean, okay, let's Stimulants. toss that out there right away. Oh my bad. Um, you know, what's what's he giving them the whole? <laughs> I time? have no that's idea. A whole, that's a huge speed B plot of this episode. Yeah, right. He's giving them speed. They start out and it's like, man, everybody's really tired, and then Bones is just coming around and, and injecting them with, um, I mean, best case, let's just say pure coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, that goes on through the whole episode, right? Well, yeah, a, and apparently, like, it can really affect them, right? Because it makes um, Kirk quite sick. Well, yeah, it gives them uh, a huge crash. Sure. <laughs> like, okay, try staying up for a while and just drinking a cup of coffee an hour is kind of what they're doing. It um, seems like that, yeah. Except more than worse. That, certainly. Worse than that, probably. Um, so, it, no, he's, it could he's be got them on uppers. Yeah, I mean, it could I mean, be something. Generously, it could be caffeine. <laughs> could could be math. He could just be. It could be I math. mean, you Let's know what? Space math. I wouldn't put it past Space Bones. Math. Let's be real. I wouldn't put it past Bones in this episode. Bones is a little weird in this episode. Bones one, is but... horrible in this episode. Okay. Okay. Just, okay. I, I okay. Wanna, I okay. I don't want to jump whoa, right whoa. on it, but yes. Whoa. Stop right there. <laughs> He's awful, Chelsea. See, Abby, no, that's why I didn't no, start with listen. that, because I figured that I would have to walk stop the path it. Bones stop, is stop, in this stop. episode. Bones isn't awful. He has some poorly written dialogue. There we Let's go. Let's also <laughs> toss out. There was a lot of very poorly written dialogue. Oh, yeah. Yes, episode. there was, um, in general. It was, it was not great. It is not limited to Bones, but also, I don't yes, often just write down, like, whole quotes. I know. But there was, <laughs> like, I have, like, six or seven whole, whole, whole cloth quotes that I have written down. Yeah. Because the writing is just, like. It's not great. Who wrote this Someone one? wrote this? I meant to look. Um, it cannot be anybody that was. Good. Like, just, <laughs> like, knows how to write a thing. Robert Sabaroff. So that's got to be a one-off, right? Uh, let me look real quick. I'm not sure. It's like he knew the characters and their personalities, but like he overwrote for them to such a ridiculous extent. Yeah. I think that's how he I also, characterize it. Well, he doesn't have an. It, I am. Uh, it's the only it, original right? series one he wrote. Yes, yeah. so one off. Yeah, that's exactly well, what he it also, seems like. A lot of the dialogue is just very like, I don't know. It 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 doesn't work anywhere. Like 
I'll, I'll, just, I'll pick my first one. Kirk says, you're the science officer. You're science officer. You're supposed to have sufficient data at all times. Yeah, like, like well, what? That's, no, that's, not, that's not what science is in the slightest. Like, what are, it's just a complete misunderstanding of the concepts of the sentence. Um, yes. That, yeah. <laughs> that's one of Bones's them. Bones' line, I recommend survival. Um, that's very... Which I think is a funny line, but a bad writing. Um, yeah. Oh, how about, like, with Spock, you find it easier to understand the death of one than the death of a million, and that whole strange exchange. I thought that was an interesting exchange but um yeah do you think that's true what like just that idea um sure well i mean a great example is this episode where they toss out that like a billion people died or whatever um in this episode right and that's a number that is uh impossible to understand right i think it's more <laughs> than that so this might be i was thinking about well, this, billions guys, i think that right? this might be the highest off-screen death count because he said there's billions of lives in that solar system and they're all just destroyed <laughs> right but say did this thing eat that solar system it like absorbed it or something i couldn't really figure out this base amoeba and how it worked <laughs> yeah yeah me too that was confusing so i think um a great way to paint that picture, right? So a million is already something that is very hard to conceptualize. Um, but if we said something happened a million seconds ago, I just like this example. Something happened a million seconds ago. Uh, that was about 11 days ago, right? Sure. If something happened okay. a billion <laughs> seconds ago, um, that happened in, let's see, roughly, what would be, um, 1988. <laughs> um, so... It's 31 calendar years. Did I do that math right? Uh, we're going to go yeah. with yes, but listeners, feel free to fact check that. Well, just do the math of 2019 <laughs> minus 31. But yes, a million seconds is about 11 days. A billion seconds is about 31 years. Um, so when we start to talk about big numbers like billions, um, we do not have any humans, I'm saying, do not have really any good way to understand those sorts of numbers. So, so. To, to what that question, right? That it's easier to understand one person dying than a billion. Yes, that's um, true. There, there's some ring of truth to it. Well, and on the more human level, it's it is more immediate to have a person you know die than it is to hear about a genocide. Like it's easier sure. to conceptualize. That's yeah. true. I mean, that loss of life then is really quite staggering. Oh yeah, no, no, it's it's it's. Yes, they're saying this whole solar system got wiped out, which raises a lot of other science cornering questions, which I'm sure we'll get to. Um, yes. Well, they start out saying it, right? Because I was going to say, maybe we should set up the episode yeah. to start with. No, yeah. The, well, um, yeah. So, I'm, well, no, the, the very beginning starts with this. You know I love these openings. Like, the much-needed rest. Like, they're just yep. going to, like, go to, like, shore leave. And it's time. And you know, as soon as they say it, you know, it's this not gonna is happen. never <laughs> happening. Not happen. it is a, I like that setup. I do like that setup. Mm-hmm. And I will say, it's a little overacted, but everyone does a great job of looking tired the whole episode, yeah. being exhausted. Uh, yeah. That all works. And then there's just like a million mysteries, right? Like the Intrepid, that Vulcan ship, everyone dies. Then like the Enterprise is suddenly diverted there. Then like the whole solar system dies, whatever is dead means or whatever. I, I mean, I do have that note that they keep using dead pretty easily, loosely um yeah it doesn't make a lot of sense like did they disappear is all the plant life dead is all the people like are their bodies the like what is going dead? on or did the solar right. system yeah disappear which is what i kind um, of thought well or that everything's just like a lifeless husk right that the planet is now just a rock 
Oh, because all the energy was absorbed. Or, oh, yeah, yeah. Or the star, the star has no, we'll talk about that, has well, no energy. Well, so, like, is the amoeba, um, like, capturing things inside of it, or is it just sucking the energy from around it? Yeah, good question. <laughs> um, because, like, when they enter it, it doesn't like it. Yeah. So, presumably, I mean, it's, like, somehow sucking the energy? Yeah. Sure. Well, I think we will spend a lot of time on this as we keep building the episode. I don't, I'm not. I'm not being dismissive of the questions. I'm saying they're very good questions with not no clear answers. So oh, um, let, let's build a little more, and maybe we'll back our way into one of those. Okay. All right. Well, um, that's the opening. Yeah, that's the opening, right? So um, I think this is a point where we could say Spock has space powers, right? <laughs> yeah. Does he ever like? He doesn't really use the Force again, does he? Good. Okay. Good, good pull. This is the Force. Um, <laughs> A million slaves <laughs> called out for help, and they were suddenly silenced. Well, but beyond that, right? Because when Obi-Wan senses the destruction of Alderaan, he doesn't say, I also could tell that all the droids and computers died, too. They're definitely also not floating around, which is what Spock says. That not only could I feel this loss of life, right. but I could feel that the computers turned off and aren't working. Which now, is... I would almost argue that it would be conceivable for Spock to feel the life. 400 lives like that. Yeah. Out. Vulcan, like, yeah. I, I, I think, that, I can yeah. almost, I can let it go. But yeah, the computers Vulcan, and stuff, the computers. Like, mm. No, that makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, yeah, the Vulcans already have some space powers, and I think you're right that that canonically sort of fits in Vulcan space powers, but the fact that, he, yeah. No, that, yeah, that part. Yeah. They also, um, yeah, and then they, they cut right to the, we see this thing in space. So you're right. This is a very quick setup. Yeah. And then, then what? Oh, yeah. Well, I guess he collapses. Spock collapses. So they have to bring him to sick bay. And then there's that first McCoy-Spock exchange where, like, McCoy is very uh, doubtful of any of Spock's space powers. Like, yeah. So. And yeah. Spock is mean. <laughs> yeah. Actually, before even that, Bones, um, there's another Bones scene where they send the probe in, right? Oh, yeah. And then the whole ship gets, like, it gets some noise. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, and, and that's a recurring theme, the noise. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is a whole other question because it's a noise, but the question is, is it coming through the probe? Is it coming through space, which would be impossible because sound has to be carried on some medium, which is not present in space, um, in a vacuum. Um, so, like, could they just turn the gain down on their probe volume? Like, there's no way for a sound to be hitting them. That they can't control, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I have no idea what that was right. supposed um, to be. But anyway, that thing happens, and then, like, two seconds elapse, Kirk calls sickbay, and McCoy's like, yeah, I already have, like, I've, <laughs> like half the crew has this problem. <laughs> They're all, like, doing this. And they're in a line, like, in this hallway. <laughs> it's like, how did they all get there? And how did you already get diagnosis on, like, half the crew? That's an excellent In, like, question. two seconds. So, furthermore, did you guys notice that they were all ladies who fainted? Yep. Yes, I did. Yes, I <laughs> super did. Really? I did not. Okay. Yep. So it was yep. a lady on the, it was Yuhara, and then it was a line of ladies in sickbay. Yep. Yep, it was. Really? And it there were super was. another lady like being helped out, like escorted out by a guy. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh man. Oh yeah. I didn't... Okay, see, I was already taking notes on Bones at that point. I didn't look at the line, but okay, that's much more troubling. <laughs> that when he says half the crew, he meant that. Yeah, it's literally in a the ladies, way, not a random way. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Cool. Because they're so delicate, Paul. 
Yep. Yes, they can't handle oh, was space that a dig? wise. Okay, I'm sorry. Is that a dig then much later in the episode when Spock and McCoy are both fighting to go through the thing? Spock goes through it, and then he radios back and says, like, McCoy, you wouldn't have made it. <laughs> <laughs> OMG. Because He's calling McCoy a girl in the insult sense. <laughs> that is so awful. That is, I mean, if you read it, um, I mean, if, if you read it in Spock's passive aggressive way, I, I think that would be a very accurate it's a burn. It's a harsh burn. Oh, uh, God, that makes me sick. Yeah, I had a note about it. I was just like, wow, okay, so that's what we're doing. Great, great. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, back they have to... this big blob in space, right? Or, or were you going to go back to Oh, sorry. Else? I was just going to say, also, again, McCoy, like, doesn't seem to know, like, Vulcan readings in sickbay. Yeah, and he's just like, I don't understand these Vulcan readings. I'm like, do some research, man, <laughs> and you're up to just, like, as the ship's, like, leading exobiologist, like, why do you still not know, like, the basic life signs of Vulcan? Like, you have to check out Spock at least every other week, man. <laughs> Like, do, do some yeah, reading. At least, at least once, right? Like, if you just got base readings on him once. <laughs> you should know. <laughs> if these readings are to be trusted, uh, like, clearly they are. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, this blob in space. Right. Well, it amoeba. gives off... It's the amoeba. It gives it's off these... Well, okay. It, so, there's an amoeba at the center <laughs> of it. But there's also this right. like zone of darkness around. I agree. It. Zone of darkness, a great album name. <laughs> yeah. And I right? wish it was the name of the episode because a it would make more sense, and b it is way cooler than the immunity syndrome. Because who is immune to what in this episode? Syndrome. There was yeah, no I'm immunity. Yeah, not getting there on the title, huh? Um, yeah. Oh man, science corner. When we... Are we going to science? Co- are we going to the amoeba? Because I got to switch to my that place in my notes. Um, well, before, mm, I guess these all are pretty related. Yeah, so they get close to the amoeba, right? And they can tell that, like, they can't see through it. And somebody says, like, is it a dust cloud? He's like, no, you'd be able to see through it. And they're very clearly like, it is a thing that is not transparent. (laughs) And then they get close to it, and then they're like, where'd the stars go? Um, (laughs) it's like, (laughs) it's the same as if you were, like, walking through like anywhere and you just walked up to a tree and like pressed your face against it and then we're like where did the sky go <laughs> like that is essentially what that they is did accurate. they don't even well yes Ugh. well yes they initially they're far, far enough away where they just get those energy turbulence readings so that was the sound right that's that's uh, how I they think that was when they, they only get the sounds when they um they send the probe in right Oh, is that the energy turbulence? What the heck is the energy turbulence? Because <laughs> then they get the sound later when the ship goes in. So I think it's like when they're breaking through the, you know, <laughs> we'll get there, but event horizons, essentially. Okay. So they get inside of it. Yes, they literally, like, somehow don't notice they're going into it. But they do get into it, and now there's this huge, like, energy loss. And now also they're all dying, and it's also sucking away the ship's energy. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they toss out a bunch of stuff for this throughout the episode of like it's I, he doesn't say negative energy he says like anti power he says anti power and anti I think it's anti energy right he does I think he maybe says anti energy once I'm pretty or maybe sure. just like um and anti power anti energy like I as a 
start of a sci-fi story, <laughs> I think you could start there and say, like, hey, what if something was anti-energy? Uh-huh, uh-huh. I see what I you're saying. I don't think it would work <laughs> like this. Um, I also didn't dig into it. Um, because there's they're, they're largely, like, taking a lot of parallels to things. Um, I'm just now quickly Googling anti- I mean, it's not coming up in a cursory Google Yeah, search. I mean, I had no idea what that was or what it meant. So well, I figured... so antimatter, antimatter is is a thing. Um, and the idea would be that every particle has an antimatter. So there's, like, antiprotons. And if a antiproton, and if, if an equivalent, well, antimatter and, and regular matter, uh, if they come in contact, will annihilate into energy. Um, right, they'll give off. And, and Star Trek does this a ton, right? They have antimatter engines and antimatter bombs and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, but then that matter and antimatter turns into energy. So if you go to the other side of this, and even if this is just speculative, you say, well, you have anti-energy, and then you have regular energy. Do they combine and <sighs> give off energy? Right? That's the trick. That's where it kind of stumbles. Like, when those two things combine, they shouldn't just cancel out. Right. Um realistically if you take the again if you take this to the sci-fi conclusion you'd say well maybe it should turn back into matter right that would be a sci-fi story <laughs> um okay or matter and antimatter. um i don't know this this one is kind of um i think it's fully in that speculative sort of sci-fi part but i don't think it would work this way right i would think it would be an explosion but that would be me not yeah. understanding science. <laughs> no, and I think I think that's still a better read yeah. than this. I mean, I, like um, it really since it's made up, it could be anything, right? Yeah, I, I so think an explanation is as plausible as anything else. Something would happen that is not just nothing. Um, like if this thing is, and I mean, okay, <laughs> there's a lot of things we're touching on here because they're also we're touching on biology to some large degree, right? Because you could also make the case that this thing is drawing in energy to reproduce, which is what they say yes. later. Yeah, like which, it, it they, which they extrapolate from what data? God. I have no yeah, idea. Bones, later, Bones has a line later that's like, it, uh, it is life because it can reproduce and breathe and eat. And they're like, okay, first off, are those the bars for life? Uh, second off, how is it breathing in space? Um, Third off, how could you tell that any of these things it is doing? Like, the like, definitions of life in, like, a 1960s biology textbook, was that, like, it? <laughs> um, the reproduction is much more important. Um, and that's usually, and that, that comes up in lots of places that, you know, but there's also a lot of life that can't reproduce. Right. Um, I always forget which one it is. Like, what is it, mules? Are mules don't? I... Mules, donkeys, and horses, right? Yeah, they can, uh, yeah. One of them is sterile, yeah, yeah. and one of them right. is the product of the other two. So those can't be reproduced, but they're still clearly alive. Yes, and like you, any infertile, like living creature. Sure. <laughs> Just an yeah. example. Um, yes, yeah, very good point. <laughs> um, metabolizing things is important, obviously. Um, I, I think homeostasis would really be the thing that you're able to keep yourself alive. Um, right, the human body temperature is always quite a bit warmer than the surrounding air, um, and we keep ourselves warm. Um, this isn't a biology episode. But right? it's getting it's there. <laughs> it's kind of getting there for this base amoeba. But I mean, like, viruses um, are always, like, at least one problem with the definition sure. of life. Yeah. I think we 
can agree that this thing is probably organic as opposed to well and they liken it to a virus so that's why i brought that up like is that what but it's so it is a single cell which is another thing (laughs) that's giant they have a problem with scale here too And, and it's something that they always have a problem with because the ship's near it but it's like well is it just far away and big or are they kind of close to it and it's small Um, yeah because if it's eleven thousand miles wide how does it even fit on their blue screen well they're farther away from it right (laughs) but then they're but they're touching it then Okay, okay, wait, wait. To get a scale, all right, the amoeba's 11,000 miles wide yeah, by 3,000 miles wide. Like, is that the size of a moon? Uh, we That's just had this moon. come up the other day, right? I know. Uh, what it's was big, the size right? of the asteroid in... Um... <laughs> I forget. <laughs> Paul, I'm surprised I you don't already have this ready to go. <laughs> what did you say it was? 11,000? 11, 11,000 by 3,000 miles. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, that's quite large. Yes, um, it's big. Sorry, I, I, I don't have I don't have um, you know the radius of the moon memorized, but it's only about a thousand miles. <laughs> it's not that big though. Um, so I'm sorry. it's like eleven uh, moons. Um. Wait. It's like a few Earths. Um. That's really. You said eleven thousand miles. That's what they said. Eleven thousand miles long and two to three thousand miles wide, variable. Okay, so the radius of the Earth is just under 4,000 miles. So we're talking about, you know, back in the envelope, Earth's diameter is about 8,000 miles. Yeah, so this this would not completely engulf the Earth because it wouldn't be, right, one axis wouldn't be wide enough. But it's bigger than Jupiter. Uh, that cannot be right. No. It's a, I'm looking. No. The diameter the, the of Jupiter of, is 88,846.1386 miles. Thanks, Google. Yeah, but this was said it was eleven thousand miles. Oh, never mind. I got. Cons- <laughs> I, got I heard million. It's fine. It doesn't matter. It doesn't we'll matter. Come back to that, they toss around. They toss around numbers a lot. There was a lot of numbers, and I didn't really pay attention to them. <laughs> um, but let's toss out that it's bigger than a bunch of the planets in the solar system. Yeah, yeah, be so it's giant. Uh, Neptune's bigger. Neptune's bigger. Saturn. So they have to be uh, really far away from it, which means right. that that like the energy cloud that it is putting off around itself is huge. It is like oh, solar so, system okay. size, right? So they're saying that that's only the amoeba right. inside the it. The amoeba oh, is yeah. 11,000 miles. So by the time they get in that energy cloud, like it, so then it could very well plausibly have in, like digested a solar system. Well, I mean, no. like, well, like it's the size to have been able to. Well, planets though. And, and they get into this later, right? Because it's, it's one of these things where like the difference in size between planets is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, that difference between Earth at like three thousand radius and Jupiter at what, what like eighty eight? Eighty eight. Um, yeah, I mean that is is, yeah. is non trivial, right? And and mm. if you've been to planetariums and stuff where they like put mock the scales, um, right? Scales, right? Like how many? Or Earths you did it when Jupiter you were a little kid. Is, is, yeah, yeah, science fair, right? Yeah. Um, the number of Jupiters, the number of Earths that fit in Jupiter is non trivial. We could look that up, but it's non trivial. It's a lot. Um, it's a lot. Um, and the number of Jupiters that can fit in the sun is also, um, non-trivial. Um, it's also a lot. So the, this, <laughs> the scale is, like, weird. Um, so while it could take out, like, it could complete, engulf the Earth, um, yes. which it, I guess is what it did to the planets in the solar system. That's it is larger like. than all of the inner ring of planets. Yeah, and inner planets, right, because Mars is smaller than Earth. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. On the other hand, the amoeba looks amazing. It, 
does remastered. I didn't see the old one. Me neither. But it's bright pink <laughs> and listeners, look I up bet the, the old space one is pretty good too. I bet the old one's pretty good. Let's toss that out. I want <laughs> um, I'm trying to find it on memory. I also. would like a poster uh, of the Space Amoeba. Can you add that to my present list? <laughs> Your present list is so long, Chelsea. I don't know. That sounds like a pretty easy one, <laughs> frankly. Um, <laughs> that one you might actually get. Yeah, but I want it to be like a centerfold of like the Space Amoeba. That's what I want. Hot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my baby is centerfold. <laughs> yeah, I, it. Okay, if I if some of these are also the non remastered, this looks. I mean, it wasn't hard to make this look good initially. I think. Right. Um. Wait, was this directed by Joseph Piedney? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So this might. Yeah, be a and it was his last Piedney's one. Episode. It was his last director in TOS as well. Interesting. Huh. Yes, because right after this is season three. Yes. We're getting well, not right after, but yes. We're close to the end of season two. Yeah, Peavney did some good stuff. Uh, anyway, um, to toss out. So if you're an amoeba, you're a space amoeba. Nom, that's nom, plan- nom. Roughly, nom, 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 planet <laughs> size. And you're looking for energy. Um, going to a planet and just, like, pulling the energy off of it, um, I guess would be all right. But why wouldn't you go to a sun? Bingo. <laughs> um, so... And the, this is another one of these places where, like, the difference in magnitude is ridiculous. Um, and, and again, when they use, like, the solar system is dead, like, that kind of implies the sun is dead. Uh, so maybe it did I, eat the sun, and then, like, these were just the victims. Well, so, okay, that's that's a good place to go, Chelsea. Um, because the Enterprise, according to Memory Alpha, uh, the Enterprise core uh, can put out about 12 gigawatts of power, is what Memory Alpha says. Okay. Um, that's some power. <laughs> that's some power, right? That's a non-trivial amount of power. And it's, it's taken this thing, like, hours to drain the Enterprise. Um, the sun, our sun, um, puts out uh, – there's a term for it. I forget which what actual metric prefix you have to put into it. Um, but suffice it to say, uh, the number of watts the sun can put out is 3.8 followed by 26 zeros um so a so lot more <laughs> a lot like again not trivially more right the sun is enormous and the sun is a giant fusion reaction which is what's keeping it um stable it is, is pushing gravity out from it. right so they try to explain um, it so like counteracting gravity. the creature was hungry then it ate the solar system and the intrepid and now it's not hungry so it's not digesting them quickly I I don't know. I, that's what trick that's would be like. What Spock says? Why not just like get into orbit? You could make the argument like, oh, it's not going to fly into the sun because it'll burn up. I guess I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> um, but all it would have to do is settle into like the corona sphere, which we've talked about has has more energy, or, or even out from that. Like yeah. if it just put itself in a stable orbit around a star at whatever distance it needed to be to be safe, but still bathed in solar radiation. Um, nom nom nom. That's that's the easiest place to get energy. Hungry, hungry hippo. Right? Like, it eats. And it if all. it was, if it was also extra galactic, as Spock implies, um, and so it was flying here from somewhere else, the thing it would 
it's a, a moth to a flame essentially yeah. right like so where does um, it come from that's yeah that's a big one well that's an unanswered <laughs> and question. why is there only one of it <laughs> who cares sure well Another there's about to be question. two chelsea about, about to be, to be two, two million <laughs> <laughs> well theoretically like it would take a long time for there to be like more of these right but again the trick would be if it was coming from somewhere else and looking for energy the things that can it move it would well, it's Presumably. moving. Well, I know, but it can it moving. like direct its course? Sure. Or is it just like going in a straight line? <laughs> if it was going in a straight line, then it never would have interacted with a solar system in that way. Unless then, maybe by sheer maybe chance, it by can sheer chance. like has Again, some it's only kind of antenna size. to be like, "Ooh, there's energy over here. I go this way." What do amoebas yes. do? I don't know. That they're amoebas. <laughs> Not a bio. I'm a, well, it's a not space a amoeba. So do amoebas sense food? All right, listeners, is one of you it, a biologist yes, of amoebas? If so, right, this is single. Right, a single. All of these have things that detect stuff. Well, like and, okay, and, like I remember the little things like that are on their outside. Cecilia, Celia's. What are those little things called on the outsides of cells? Cecilia. They look like little hairs. Yeah. <laughs> what? So does someone know yep. this? We learned <laughs> it in middle school. No, we just know the cell song. Yeah. parts, hairs. I'm looking Simon it up. Simon and Garfunkel. No, we'll ask them later. They're called hairs. <laughs> Stereo. Called hairs? I'm right. No. no, guys, listen. It's stereocelia. I knew it was a cilia. Yep. Again. Yes, for cellular life, like even basic cellular Wait, is that life right? has things that can, no, that's can not feel right. things and can ambulate itself, right? That Cells, can... this is a, parts, this is a roller coaster. amoeba. <laughs> no, okay, so this remember, a... like, some of them have, like, the little tail, and that, like, propel, propels them. Some of them have, like, the little hairs, and that's how they can, like, do the thing. And some of them just, like, kind of float there, and they don't really have any control. And that's kind of what I thought this space amoeba was doing. It would it, it to make any sense. This has to have some sort of movement, I think, right? All right. So it's, why doesn't it have the little tail thing? It kind of does in the picture. It also wouldn't need it, even if it was just right. Cells can. It, there's ways for this to happen. I mean, it, again, this is a space magic amoeba. <laughs> All right. But, I'm looking up single cell as diagrams. As per usual, the science doesn't make sense, and it's silly for us to try to make it make yeah. sense. Yeah. Oh, there they are. I mean, there they are. They're called Celia. C-I-L-I-A. Yeah. I am so smart. I just channeled <laughs> seventh grade science class. <laughs> Thank you. In any you. case, though, that would not be how it would move through space because there's nothing for it to grip onto in space. So the only way it could propel itself in space would be to um, off-gas or, or something of that sort. Um, or have space magic, again, which is, I think, the easier answer here. You know, because no, again, I want it to not be magic for once. I want it to be, like, propelling <laughs> itself, like, like an actual amoeba, or like an actual... Uh, an amoeba in the vacuum of space. That's the problem. So the only way that you, you would be able to move in space, right, it, it, it can't have hands or, or tail or, like, if you... If, or Celia. Look, if you just put a dolphin in a space suit and then put it in space, it can't wag its tail and move around, because there's no air to push off of. There's no, there's no medium, for, the same with sound, for it to push from. If it had a balloon with it and it just let out some air, the force from that air going away from it would push it the other direction. Indefinitely, right? right? So, um, yeah, and I mean until something stopped it, like a solar system, I guess. But, <laughs> just an example. Um, of what could stop it. But I think if we were trying to really deep science this, it has to be outgassing in some way. Okay. <laughs> I accept it. <laughs> sure. sure. Um, 
All right. Anyway, there's a space amoeba, and now they have a plan, or they they have several plans. Or or it has a warp core. Let's toss that out. <laughs> I don't think that's it. They picked in some dilithium crystals from the last planet. <laughs> yeah, there you absorbed. go. There you go. Oh man. So they like their first plan is to like do forward propulsion to get out of it, which seems like actually a good plan, except for I don't know that that makes sense. It's opposite day. <laughs> so why why was it opposite day? Well, I think that's my read on it later. Is that like they they try to do forward propulsion to, or no, they try to do they try to like back out of it, and then that doesn't work, and then they try to like go forward, and it does. Yes. Yeah. And they keep doing this sort of stuff where it's like, oh, will energy work? And they're like, no. And it's like, will anti? And it's like, I guess so. Um, and the whole episode is like, oh, whatever would have worked, let's do the opposite. And it is like literally yep. no scientific backing to it. Just Correct. like, oh, it's opposite day. Um, because when you start to say like, oh, we're thrusting forward and moving backward. It's like, that's not, there's no plausible antimatter, anti-energy, anything that would explain that. It's just like you're playing a video game and the, the D-pad got reversed. Um, is essentially what happened there. I don't understand references to the video games. A directional pad on a video game? Have you never touched a video game controller? Oh, possible. <laughs> no, hold one up to, like, this thing on a, on a video game controller, right? The D-pad. <laughs> um, is that in, is that in frame, right? Yeah, it's in that, frame. Like, you're trying to push, you're trying to go this way, and then it, you just flip it. That's beside the point, I guess. <laughs> Some of our listeners love that. <laughs> No I love how listen podcasting to is this. a visual medium. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you know, again, it's just us and maybe my dog, who's like captive <laughs> when I play this. <laughs> oh, man. That's it. Anyway, anyway, I think Opposite Day doesn't... I, we, we could spend a while trying to get the scientific understanding of that one, and there's nothing there. Well, they also have a meeting where they discuss Opposite Day, and I will say I like that meeting. It's the one where Bones almost faints. But it includes seven men, but there's a rando lady in there. There also are seven people in there, and Kirk only speaks to three of them. <laughs> <laughs> the other ones are there for a different meeting that starts in five minutes. And they yeah, got there no, they're just in the room already. No, because so he no, dismisses them and they leave. <laughs> so they're not there for another. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, they're just they're having a meeting in a coffee shop. That's <laughs> also, once again, with all those brig shakes, if they just installed some seatbelts, I'm just saying. I know I say this every yeah. other episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but definitely. this episode especially, like it almost killed Spock, and it would have killed Bones, right? Yeah, you know, like the force, <laughs> the energy drain. Like what? What is? I have no idea. It's very. It's unclear what's even happening. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. I do like in this episode though how Kirk. Uh, explains on the intercom system to everyone what's happening all the time that would save a lot of problems in other episodes if he just always did that okay are are we we, uh, to the point yet where we can talk about how spock and mccoy fight about who's going to commit suicide (laughs) yes and Ah, uh, i think this is the part that is bones weakest because i think that interchange goes we both we're both going to do this and then um, Kirk is like Spock. You're more qualified. You're gonna be the better chance of surviving. It. Well, whoa, whoa, we gotta and back then, up before that because let's sure. talk about the exchange where Spock's like, "You have a martyr complex, Doctor. I submit that it disqualifies you." Like that whole exchange. I'm sorry, wasn't Spock the one in movie two? I believe movie two has not <laughs> happened yet. Movie two has not happened yet. <laughs> I'm just saying, doesn't he like go inside a warp core and martyrs himself? 
Yeah, but I don't think I think the argument from Spock that would be very true to Spock is that Spock does not do it to be a martyr. He does it to save the ship, and he doesn't care that he's a martyr, which yeah. is kind of the argument that he's making in the hallway and that McCoy backs up because they, when they get out there, Bones is angry, and and Spock's like, "Look, I'm doing it to save the ship," and McCoy's like, "But." I could get famous for doing this. Yeah, I think science. I could write some papers and so stuff. So that's what I don't and really like, understand. I don't think that that really checks out with his character. I think no, it's I don't, I don't think so. I think I think he's written like garbage in this episode. Yes, with it. Like, I, if I you, do agree with that. And Spock's response, quite correctly so, is like, um, yeah, I'm not doing it to get famous. Because Bones is basically like, you're trying to get famous over me. And Spock's like, no, I'm trying to save the ship. <laughs> right. <laughs> and like, get out of here, you idiot. Like it, it's essentially his response. It's like which, the person like knew like that they were supposed to like fight. Yeah. But like yeah. didn't really understand how their interactions were supposed to go down at all. Yeah. yeah. It's the whole you're determined not to let me share in this, aren't you? And Spock's like, yeah. dude, what? <laughs> yeah, what <laughs> I'm like, basically what are you going about? to my death. What is your problem? <laughs> He's like, I'll try to take some reading, yeah. buddy. Could you at least wish me luck? Jesus. <laughs> but I do. I'll try, I'll try to take some readings of this while I'm saving the ship and maybe this galaxy. <laughs> but I do really like when he McCoy is like, we're going to save you. And him and Kirk do that nod. <laughs> That's a meme. That's a meme. And <laughs> it is. it's from this. And, and then he's like, well, thank you, Captain McCoy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's, so that's one of my favorite parts in all of TOS. Oh, it's man. top top ten. <laughs> so, Chelsea, you did mention the second movie. Um, it is it is fair to say that this mirrors the first movie, Star Trek The Motion Picture, quite a bit. Yes. Where they fly inside a thing, and they got to figure a thing out. And, like, and it's like a long, long, long time spent just, like, looking at the scenery. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if they had gotten inside here and it had been Voyager, that had been fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> minor I mean, spoiler, but. I, I will throw it out here that with no B-plot, I think the pacing is really slow. And I think that's what yeah. makes it really it slow. Is. This Well, the pacing is slow partially, I think, because they introduce so many mysteries and they do not solve them for a very long time. Yeah. And a lot, yeah. Well, or a lot at all. Yeah, or not at all. At all. Or at all. Yeah. I mean, there's just, there's so many things about why is it like this? Why is it doing this? How are we doing? How are we backwards? How are we, how are we getting out of this? How are we getting Spock out of this? How are we get, And then they just solve maybe three of those things. And you still have no answers really by the end of the episode of what happened to the solar system. What happened to the Intrepid? The Intrepid. What happened to like, why was Spock able to sense yeah. all the things? <laughs> why could they get Spock out of there, but still have enough power? to get out of the amoeba like there are too many sure. questions in this episode that are not answered or addressed Agreed. and it just kind of ends with Agreed. kurt ogling a crew member for no reason so yeah. <laughs> pretty close to the end i mean one more well maybe i got two more science corners are we still in science corner why not the whole episode do we leave corner. ever <laughs> it says well, a lot do of this destroying the amoeba kind of okay um well because they 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 are making a lot of. I think a, a parallel would be made here is a black hole, right? That they're they're doing a lot of parallels with a black hole. Um, this might have been a more interesting episode if it was a black hole. <laughs> yeah, I mean, frankly, <sighs> well, so the science cornier bit. They get this. There's this outer shell, and I again at the beginning I said they pass through the event horizon. If the core of this was not an amoeba, it was a singularity uh, at the core of a black hole, um, and they somehow were protected against the you know, all the forces. Sure. The, the event horizon is this outer shell where light can't escape. Um, so you're in a black hole at that point and you'd be torn apart by gravity. But again, 
come up with a good MacGuffin to get out of that. And then this is essentially like they're slowly getting pulled towards the core of a black hole, which is kind of how this is working. And they say it with like anti-energy or whatever, but I think that's got to be some of the influence of how they wrote this amoeba. Um, that like, instead of light not being able to escape, they're like, well, what if energy couldn't escape? Not keeping in mind that light is a type of energy. Um, I don't know. The amoeba is like the singularity of the center of a black hole, I guess. Yes. Or maybe it's nucleus or something. Or maybe it's what's really in a black hole. Dun, dun, dun. Well, and if a black hole was just, <laughs> was ambulatory and able to move around and think about stuff, it could go around <laughs> sucking up energy. Although um, maybe it's a baby black hole and then when a black, it like somehow implodes. When it grows up. And <laughs> then, yeah, and then it becomes stationary. Someday when I get my own event horizon. <laughs> A baby black hole is a, a star. I'm, no, 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 it's a space amoeba that just gets stuck somewhere. Oh, man, that would be a much more interesting episode. <laughs> yeah, it would, actually. I would well, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it could possibly ever interact with stars. Um, but in any case. Because if it just started pulling energy out, mm-hmm. at, well, it would become a pulsar at a certain point. <laughs> if it just became a the second part of a... Um, a uh, two-star system. What word am I searching for? Um, is it binary? Binary star. Oh. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that's that part of science corner owner. One last science corner. Uh, how many? <laughs> how many? How many? <laughs> how many cells are there in the human body? Is Just it millions, it. like Bone says? <laughs> okay, Ch- uh, Abby, you have a choice of going higher or lower than Kelsey's uh, guess. Uh, that's what higher. Bone said. That's what Bone. That's said. what Bone says. He says millions. I'm a doctor, right? I should know this answer. <laughs> Um, millions. Remember how before I was using that that distinction between millions and billions being a whole dunk? Yes. Um, he's not even off by that much. Um, thirty to forty trillion. Cool. I was body. right with higher. Yay. <laughs> you were right with higher. <laughs> but he's not even off by like an order of magnitude or like a few. He's off by like crazy. <laughs> All of it. <laughs> he's off All by of almost he's a just... billion in terms of orders of magnitude, right? <laughs> It's not 10 million, it's not 100 million, it's not a billion. Wait. It's not 10 billion or 100 billion. <laughs> it's not a trillion, it's tens of trillions. So, so <laughs> that leads me to another science corner. I'm so sorry, Abby. Is Bones really a doctor? <laughs> yeah. In this episode, no. No. Well, yes. Well, in this episode, no, because he doesn't know how many cells are. He doesn't know, like, again, like the Vulcan temperature. <laughs> like, <laughs> he just holds it up to Spock. Like, is this right? Is this right? <laughs> this is. Every other episode, and you're like, Jesus Christ, you, your like laptop doesn't tell you that. Whatever, you're bad. Okay. I think, I think, I honestly think Bones just like pretends not to know just to annoy Spock. Honestly, Ooh. no, that's, yeah, that's the only head, explanation. That's, head that's cannon, the yeah. only explanation. Okay, so the other thing is chromosomes. I think he says that there are like uh, 40, forty chromosomes. Yeah, don't we have forty-two? Well, that's uh, pairs of chromosomes in like a DNA, yeah, right? right? But he says, have, but is this 26? is different. It's like the cro- amount number of chromosomes in a nucleus. And am I wrong? But aren't there more 46. like things like floating around in there? We have forty-six chromosomes. So you cut out for a second. I think it was forty something. We have forty-three, right? We have twenty-three pairs. Twenty-three, 23 pairs of chromosomes. Forty-six. Twenty-three pairs. Okay. Total forty-six. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, Yes, but aren't there, like, hundreds of, like, like, that's not what they mean, right? They don't mean, like, he doesn't mean 40 unique chromosomes. He means there's just 40 chromosomes, like, floating in the nucleus. Uh, I think he means 20 he pairs. He means 20 pairs? And so then are they, like, uh, giant chromosomes? 
I mean, you wouldn't be like, how many chromosomes do you have in the human body? Million. Um, you'd be like, well, unique chromosomes. Okay. So are they giant then? Because if the if the creature is 11,000 miles wide and then and the nucleus... <laughs> yes. And the nucleus then is what? Like, I don't know, a thousand miles Chelsea, wide? That is a, <laughs> Chelsea, that is a very, very good science corner question. Thank you. So <laughs> how big are the chromosomes? Like, like, could we just like go up to them and like like put a person next to them? Uh, they're, they're like, yeah, they're like... Are they skyscrapers? Size, right? They're like they're basketballs. <laughs> Um, and then it's a question of, well, yeah, our DNA is made of, um, certain proteins, right? Adenine and guanine and, um, the other ones that I always Yeah, are they giant? The T and the A, or the S. In which case, Bones is right. Like, this is a great opportunity to study this thing. Like, you can see Yeah, you'd have to track your Giant DNA. (laughs) Well, or it's very small and it just makes big things. I think that, that from a life, a biology standpoint, if it is made of the same proteins, those proteins don't just get bigger. I want um, them to. <laughs> <laughs> um, right? It didn't just. It isn't a regular amoeba that got hit by a giant ray. I um, don't know. That's a... what it seems like. <laughs> Are we ready to talk about how powerful this thing is? Well, is, uh... we haven't talked about destroying it, so that's part of it, right? Oh, yeah. We haven't talked about destroying it. Um, do either of you have any plausible way in which they did that? <laughs> <laughs> they exploded it. I don't know. I really didn't understand what they were trying to accomplish with, like, no. other than they're like, we're going to explode it. And that was seemed to be a, a thing that they could do and did do. Yeah, and then they're like, cool, ship's 100%. Let's get out of here. And then, well, <laughs> no, first, like, Kirk looks solved. at that girl and is like, oh, ho, ho, I'll see you in R&R. And then they <laughs> get out of there. <laughs> is that uh. accurate? I think so. I mean, he's pretty hopped up on coffee, but I mean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like how they're just gonna like continue their ship. Tell us. All right. So, <laughs> what do we before we go to the power, which I think is next? What do we think this episode is about? Is it about like the burden of command and the importance of self sacrifice for the good of the many? Is it like about what? a sense of honor and duty? No, Chelsea, it's about a, a, a sci-fi episode that was written by a one-off. Shut up. Stop it. Stop it. It's about making stop, money. Stop, stop, stop. Okay. So I think it's about like, well, obviously the major theme is like life and death, right? No. Nope. Major theme is getting paid. Okay. Shut up, you little Whatever ass. that guy's name was. No. We are going to analyze this. I think it's about what ca- like, a, your, like a person's sense of duty Robert and Sabaroff. honor. And self-sacrifice, which, I, which is a major recurring theme later for Spock. Which kind of comes back to this, I think. I think Sabaroff was self-sacrificing his career to get a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the burden of command is also, because like the choice that Kirk has to make actually kind of sucks. I think that is, of all the choices made in the episode, that one is a good, that, that's a good scene. Where Kirk is like, hey, I have to send one of my friends to die. And I have to decide both which one am i more fine with letting die and which one is better for this mission right i mean i guess the other like um like uh main message that it could be is like a giant ecological issue like what would you do to what extent would you go to like protect uh like your um environment essentially and it's apparently like you would kill like this creature which i guess is the ethical thing to do uh, see, I think that's where this episode, where if they could have dug in anywhere, that would have been. If McCoy I... had been the foil, if if Spock had said, as Spock does many times, correctly so, um, look, 
this thing is a threat to the galaxy, right. and we need to destroy it right here, right now, and we do not have time for discussion. We need to destroy it. And that is very Spock, right? I think you would agree, Abby. Yeah, I think so. Um, and I think if McCoy came in as the foil and said, no, we have to study it, this is a singular um, new species that we have never seen before that is totally different. And he was the foil that or way, even and then they had life. a debate. Or reverse that. I mean, the reverse that could also be true, frankly. Because Bones does like to just be like, just get rid of it! Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think I think it's maybe 60-40 for me that Spock's more on the side of destroy it. But I, could, I, I agree. I agree. But I think that would be a more interesting subtext to this. I definitely do, too, because I even had the note that it was just like, so they meet this space amoeba that they've never seen any of its like before, and they're immediately like, murder. <laughs> like, totally that is murder. the answer. When they, kill could, when they could be climbing on the giant helix ladder DNA. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, Let, let's let's keep talking about this this as we talk about power, because I think the thing to compare this to is the Doomsday Machine. Yes. Right? Yeah, that's fair, that, actually. That came yeah. to my mind immediately. It's basically and the same episode. It is, uh, well, in the Doomsday Machine, they have, what's his name? Yeah, um, and it's at least more interesting. And that guy sells that episode. That B plot. I would say yes, yes, absolutely. Um, that I think Doomsday Machine is a very good episode. I yeah. agree. Um, with a lot of problems. Yeah, <laughs> there are issues, but there are a lot of issues this, in most Star Trek This episodes. is Doomsday Machine without the B plot and also just bad writing. Yeah. Yeah, and and sure. in that one, it's that guy who's just like, we need to destroy mm -hmm. it. Um, What's his name? And Ahab. Oh yeah, right? It's Big not guy. Ahab, but yes, it is. <laughs> no, I'm accepting um, Ahab. No, it's Ahab and the White Whale. Um, but, but then it's a very interesting plot. And here they don't have an Ahab. I mean, they put it in that literary context. Yeah, and they kind of should. But or, or, conversely, they're all Ahab. Right. And they don't have someone trying to hold Ahab back, which is There's no Ishmael. Yeah. Um, so, could this thing beat the the uh, doomsday machine? Doomsday machine. So I think yes, because it would I just suck it it, suck its energy away. Yeah, because I think this thing is. <clears throat> well, okay. Here's the way this goes down. Um, the doomsday machine like goes up to planets and swallows them, and again, it's very V'ger from motion picture, and then something happens inside it, but it's still like pretty corporeal, and it's a and machine. Has, like, yeah, and right. we already know that this that was... sucks away the energy from machines. Yeah, so the trick would be this thing would get into the the again event horizon, and it would start losing energy. The question would be, could the doomsday machine get to the nucleus and eat it before the the, the this thing could drain? And its I energy. think this thing could drain its energy fast because it did drain like the solar system and the Intrepid quickly. Yeah. So when it's hungry, yeah. it can do it like instantly. Yeah. I think so. I think this is stronger than the uh, the Doomsday Machine. And what's above that? Um, again, we're up in like the zone. Uh, Trelane is above that. Nah, it's a, it's. Question would be: It's below. If Trelane. this thing was coming toward Trelane's planet, could Trelane just be like, "Aha! Yes, you're not there he anymore." Could. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So too. it's above the Doomsday Machine, but below Trelane. Yeah, that if Trelane saw it coming. Or if Trillian was on the Enterprise with him here. He would just snap his fingers and it would go bye-bye. Yeah. 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 So I thought that was going to be a pretty easy one. but It was. Cool. <laughs> cool. Then are we ready for bingo? Yeah. Or is there anything else anybody wants to say? No. <laughs> I have a lot of notes here. They really misuse energy, but. Well. I mean, <laughs> the word energy, but. Okay. Then I have a couple of clarifiers before we get what, to what do we call this thing space amoeba space yes. amoeba space amoeba 
for sure. I agree. That's its name. Or we could name it Celia. <laughs> Let's do that. Celia the Space Amoeba. Nope, already, already typed it in. <laughs> I'm going to make sure on the board for this one, I draw Celia. Okay, good luck. <laughs> all right, all right. So my clarifiers. Um, does Spock show emotion with the death of the Intrepid? Does that count? Yes, because he's surprised yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah, I would say okay. surprised. I kind of, I kind of thought so, but you know, um, the Kirk speech when he talks to the crew about doing their jobs and this may be death and blah blah blah. Does that count as a Kirk speech? I would say yes. You? If it's yeah. telling people to like die, uh, for their duty. To me, that's always a Kirk speech. I mean, if he's on an intercom or standing in front of people, if he's talking to more than two people, uh, <laughs> it's a Kirk speech. <laughs> it's a Kirk speech. If he has the, if he clearly has the floor and he's talking to three or more people, it's a Kirk um, speech. Okay, so. I'm down with that. That's fine. All right, now this one is a little bit trickier. You know what? Before we're d- doing that, there's a lot of characters in this episode there really too. Are. Just from there a bingo are. standpoint, Chekhov, uh, Sulu's missing. Yeah, Chekhov, oh, Scotty, just Kyle's yeah. at the helm. Oh yeah, but. But otherwise, um, I was I was thinking it was everybody, but yes, yeah, no, Sulu's not there. Sadly, Kyle's there instead, which is fine. But you know, it's not Sulu. And they have a different Asian person in a yellow shirt in the meeting, because I thought it was Sulu, and I was confused as to why it said that he wasn't, that he wasn't there. Yeah, huh. I don't know. Anyway, um, well, I guess I guess this is also before I get to the really tricky one. I guess I should ask. Does the space amoeba have space powers, or do uh, we yes. count Spock's um, force use uh, I as? Think, I, I think either, either way, there's yes. space powers. I mean, Abby, you know, I'm usually the one saying, "Well," and I say yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, then we'll just count it as space powers. Why not? Um, all right. So this one, this one, I am not sure about. This one, away team trapped on planet. They are not trapped. They are not on a planet, and it isn't technically the away team. It's the entire ship. But they, I kind of feel mm. like they're trapped inside the amoeba. Well, more like Spock's trapped in the amoeba, and he is an away team. Uh. That's true, I guess. I don't know. This one I had issues with. I'm, I mean, they are. They can't really get out easily. They're kind so of I think, trapped. I think the away team trapped on planet, the core of that is that you have the ship in a place that is relatively safe or looking for them and they're in a place that the ship can't find them or get to them or something like that right but that is what happens with spock no but this is a place where like no one is safe okay right everyone is in danger there's not yeah yeah i I, yeah that's fine that's why i I thought there's too many things you'd have to too many stretches you'd have to make okay that's fine with me um all right so how are you feeling well, we got at least three that we know yeah. of. <laughs> I still don't think we made it because we never do, and this game is stupid. No offense. But there's a lot of. I mean, McCoy doesn't drink. He doesn't say like he's dead. Unfortunately. Um, there's no Vulcan neck pinch. There's, like, there's no combat. Yeah, there's a lot of non There's no. Like, there's a captain's Kirk's, log. Kirk's shirt doesn't get ripped. There's a recurring. They don't try character. to use weapons, right? They like talk about weapons, but they don't try to use communicators. They like. Yeah, I'm going to go now. There's a lot of stuff that they just don't do. Boy. There are recurring characters. There is... I don't know. I'd say uh, hard maybe. (laughs) Chelsea's saying no. I'll say yes. (laughs) All right. um, Yeah, no, we didn't get it. There was really... There were a few things. um, 
the ones we already talked about, obviously, the bridge shakes a whole bunch. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, for that's sure. And Spock does say both illogical and fascinating at different times. So that that happened. Um, there wasn't a square for recurring actor in this one, but there were several. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was just kind of all over the place, which is weird because usually the episodes that aren't as great have a lot tend to have more. <laughs> but I think it might have been this was you know a, a writer that only wrote one episode of Trek and yeah, went, he didn't know them all and didn't know things. So, and it's later in season two. Yeah. So, I, I kind of think so. But but still, I don't care how much you hate this game, Chelsea. I love it, and we're going to keep playing it because <laughs> I, I want to. I do, too. I still think we should make the bingo card, like, four by four. Nope. Never. <laughs> Never. Chelsea, challenges are much more fun yep. when they are it's surmounted. It's no fun when it's too easy. If we got it every week, I would hate it. We've never but gotten we, it. We have <laughs> gotten it once. Yeah, we've gotten it. Once or twice, right? Or twice. Yeah, uh, only because, twice. No, it was once, and then only the other time, because we said every time they say three to beam up, we get it automatically. That's true. Mm, I And I dissented on that. <laughs> but we outvoted you, and therefore it's true. Hey, I see the real-life top hat. Are we going to pick our yeah, episode? Yeah, let's see. Let, we are going to pick our episode to see what we are going to be watching next week, and Ooh. it'll be fun, maybe. Or it'll be a terrible mm. one. Nobody ever knows. I hope it's, it's a mystery. I hope it's a good one. <laughs> We always hope it's a good one, and then sometimes there's a we lot end of up better episodes, but there's a lot of worse episodes. That's what they there say. There are. It's true. There's, there's, it, it is, runs the multiple. This one was solidly in the middle, comma low side. No. Yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's not there's like a few things terrible. That are rough, but it's not yeah. not good. It's not Omega Glory. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. Thank God. Um, <laughs> all right. So we are actually going to go to season three. Finally. Um, Finally. And late in season three as well. Episode 17. Finally. That which survives. After Ooh. the Enterprise landing party beams down to investigate a geologically interesting planet, their ship is hurled across the galaxy. Kirk and company find a deserted outpost guarded by the deadly image of a beautiful woman. Oh, I, I am not oh. remembering this one. I do not remember at this at all. <laughs> Isn't this another one of these like dead civilization ones? It might be. I really, I really don't remember. Oh my gosh! One. Looking at these images, I can't believe I forgot this costume. Yeah, I can't either, man. I'm looking at it too, and I really. How would how does that costume stay up? I'm sure we'll talk about that next. There, next we time. will. I'm <laughs> absolutely sure we will. I mean, but my yeah. God. Wait, this is like a 90 degree different or 180 degree different episode than the one we just did so yeah perfect so, i mean it'll at least be super different from this one you guys um perfect <laughs> if if nothing else we can't promise anything else about this episode but we can promise it'll be different <laughs> Wait, is that, that's lee, lee merriweather uh no. maybe oh, i don't know i didn't look that far that yes, eyeshadow it is. It is. i want to i'm gonna it do is. that eyeshadow for the first day of class tomorrow Okay, good good luck. <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, as always, listeners, you can get a hold of us on Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter, three to beam up at beam three. Um, Facebook's the most reliable. There is an email account um that Chelsea remembers and I never do. Um <laughs> What is it? Info at three to beam up dot com. There you go. That's the one. Um, and you can talk to us then. And otherwise, we will see you next time when we're watching That Which Survives. <laughs>